Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. How y'all doing? Welcome to Podside Picnic. This is Pete. I'm here with Carlo. Hello. Okay, so Carlo's here. That's a good thing. And we have the charming and talented Emma Burquist. How you doing, Emma? Howdy. I'm doing great. <laughs> Excellent. We got a howdy. I'm so happy. <laughs> so um, as you should know, if you've listened to any of our episodes, it's, there's a like if you've if you've listened to four statistically, you've heard Emma. Um, <laughs> And uh, today we are going to be talking about, uh, well, actually, we're not talking about your stuff, which sucks, Emma, but we, we will at the end, at least. Uh, <laughs> she's a writer, you dolts. What are you doing listening to this if you don't know that? And we're going to be talking about The Empty Man, a horror movie that um, I'd never heard of before that I think, I think Emma, uh, you brought this to the table, right? I mean, probably. I told lots of people to watch it. <laughs> Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Carlo, did you know it before? I I think um, I had picked it up from somebody else I was following, I think. Not to disparage Emma's efforts, uh, just simply. Oh, no, I no. certainly wasn't, like, the first on board. Um, like, I had seen – I also, yeah, someone else tweeting about it. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll check that out. And then mm-hmm. – yeah, it. same here, same here. Um, and there's a reason why this uh, this movie had probably not been heard of until it people started tweeting about it. It's because it um, it was in production through 2018. Like, uh, I think they shot it all the way through, and they're waiting to release it. And then 2020 happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think also this may have gotten dumped right before the, um, the Fox purchase. And this is one of those movies that they was like, eh, just dump it. We, we can't do anything with it right now. Uh, Test audiences and, and it, didn't understand it too. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like I'm like sitting there like going also reviewers like panned it hard too. It's like, what the, why? I don't know. Uh, Emma, did you want to? Yeah, I I mean, I think part of the problem, yeah, timing obviously was not great. Um, I think also it's, it's, it's not an easy film. It's not like a film that, uh, I think would be easy to advertise as well. I, I mean, I can see that it is definitely not, um, it's not a slasher flick. flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not like a monster flick. It's not like a, a weird teenager, you know, like whatever combination with teenagers uh, flick. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and um, I do have to admit that uh, when I first heard the the title, I, I for whatever reason, I, I switched it with the Bye Bye Man, who I heard <laughs> – 
I've never seen the Bye Bye Man because mm-hmm. everyone that I that I've uh, talked to about it said it is absolutely wretched. Uh, so I, I don't know if if you loved it, Emma. Sorry, uh, that's what I heard. I don't. I haven't even seen the Bye Bye Man. I don't. But, I mean, actually, maybe I have. It, it's hard. Is, mm. it, is it a horror movie? If, if it is, it, there's there's a chance I've seen it. Yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's, it's. I think it's a a horror. I don't know if it's like a supernatural slasher type of thing, you know. But um, but yeah, I, I could see like this and um and the Bye Bye Man and also what was it the Slender Man Chronicles? Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Or 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 Candyman. It's like we all show up to the table yeah. with a different found a guy. Yeah, there's 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 a lot, there's a lot of you know guys doing stuff in horror movies. Just you know, <laughs> yeah, just just re- repeat a name into mm-hmm. a mirror three times, and you actually make type a uh, type of guy. Yeah, you know? t- some type of guy being a dude. I mean, there's also a movie called The Tall Man that I have seen. <laughs> it's like another one. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in my recommendations from uh, from our corporate uh, uh, benefactor. Ha ha ha. Um, but yeah, uh, in any case, I I sort of came into this. What I want to see, uh, and and maybe um, let me ask you this, Emma: mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Angel Heart? I don't think so. Really? Okay. No. I mean, it's an. Uh, um, I don't think it's particularly surprising. It's like a. I believe it's like an early '80s movie with a young Mickey Rourke. Oh wow! Uh, it's a it's a late '80s movie, and I've oh, I've, it's a late '80s. Okay, well then, I've seen it about a dozen times. So yes, that that's that one's in my constellation for sure. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's it had uh, Robert De Niro, Mickey Rourke. Uh, um, shit. What is her name? Um. Um. Yeah, what, what's her name? name? Uh, from the Cosby Show, the eldest daughter, uh, Lisa Bonet. Yes, Lisa Bonet. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I can't believe that I forgot Lisa Bonet's name. Uh, anyway, uh, it it, it th- that that movie and this one to me, sort of the the structure of them really uh, sort of seem similar to me. I don't know. Uh, well, there there is sort of feel that like everybody else is in on the fucking joke, but mm-hmm. the main character trying to solve the mystery and he gets to the end. I mean, it it's it's sort of like a, a particularly horrible uh, Orient Express where you get to the end and you discover that everybody on the train is the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that is probably my least favorite Poro, and I don't know why they keep making it because it's it's not indicative of like. Poro generally, it just, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, annoyed uh, by it. Excuse me, those are all comrade murderers. Uh, <laughs> solidarity. <laughs> I mean, didn't they all basically kill a horrible, uh, they a horrible, did, but like, like the thing, yeah, wealthy like, person, yeah, but they, they all like stabbed him once, which you know, kind of silly, but it would have made more sense, except that Poro like lets them go. Um, which is just sort of not something Poro <laughs> normally does. So yeah, that's not. a little weird. Well, I mean, yeah. he might have done it to preserve his own life. I mean, <laughs> yeah, entirely well, possible. Wow, Anthony, or sorry, Robert De Niro's hair in this is very interesting. I'm looking at oh, pictures of Angel Heart. He is he he is truly like uncanny and off off putting in this movie. Yeah, he that does not even look like De Niro. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so Poirot um, shouldn't go back in time and try to try all of Caesar's murderers, is what you're saying? No, no, I don't think he should. He, he probably wouldn't be able to handle the case very well. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, the case that we're talking about is um, the disappearance of a one Amanda, is it Amanda Quayle? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, we our main our main character is a grizzled ex policeman called of all names James Lasombra, <laughs> which is great. Can I can I point out that Amanda Quayle, a man to be scared? Oh, <laughs> that's who he's hunting for. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Uh, the actor's name too cracks me up all the time because it's it's James Badge Dale. I'm yes, like, oh, yes. former police officer named Badge. Hmm? <laughs> I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, uh, my my general uh, warning to anyone who watches, it's, you know, like if anyone were anyone were in the Empty Man universe, is please do not trust uh, strange bob haircutted sleek <laughs> creatures like uh, what's her name. Uh, um, the actress is shit. Uh, Sasha Frolova. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also explain to people, uh, the, what La Sombra means. Cause I mean, they, not everybody speaks Spanish. Well, come on now. I mean, that also just tipped off my vampire, the masquerade, uh, oh. spidey senses too. <laughs> it's like he's a bad guy, right? Um, so La Sombra means the shadow. So, uh, in Spanish, um, uh, and apparently in the vampire universe, that's also uh, a clan of vampires who manipulate shadows. Hmm. Uh, and they're bad guys, uh, generally. Uh, in any case, um, so James LaSombra uh, is sort of set to investigate the disappearance of uh, a friend, perhaps more than a friend. We, we're not entirely sure because it slowly uh, un- uh, it, like reveals itself. Uh, as the the movie goes on, uh, and she asks him to go find out what happened to her daughter. There's uh, he manages to to interview one of her friends, um, and uh, she then tells him all about like this whole thing on the bridge. Actually, mm-hmm. I think I skipped the 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 beginning part, which is not even a spoiler. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting is that there, there's an entire. It, it's almost like. Um it's like 20 minutes of yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's, it's like, really it's like it's like almost half an hour of 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 an introduction. Um so the movie almost has like three separate parts, I would mm-hmm. say, and like cuz the first when it started I was like, wait, is this the right movie? Did I put on the right one? <laughs> well, because it it didn't seem like, you know, like the like the trailer that I'd watched because we're like, you know, in I can't. Where are they? They're, you it, know, they're, uh, they're hiking. Uruvali in yeah, Bhutan. Exactly. And I was like, "What? What? I thought this was about like an ex cop or something." Um, <laughs> and and believe, I mean, it's actually like, me. yeah, it functions yeah, really I had the same, well. Same reaction. Yeah, it's just like a really sort of scary short film. Mm-hmm. But it like it takes a while to see how it's related to the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That that's fair, and uh, there was it. It made the 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 first ten minutes of the main story very disorienting because we're like, mm-hmm. okay, where's Paul? Okay, there was some sort of tragedy. Was that the hikers in Bhutan? Like, yeah. is that you know, is is this everybody's dad or brother or something? It's like, well, no, no, just just forget everything you just yeah. learned. Like that's don't don't worry about that. That that was something else. <laughs> well, I mean, they do they do try to. Um, 
uh, differentiate because mm-hmm. like the the initial section uh, is uh, you know has like a little title card or whatever mm-hmm. that says you know Udu Valley uh, Bhutan 1995 and then uh, I forget what's the town name it's uh, is it Woodbridge or something like that in Missouri um, something, something crossing something bridge something like that mm-hmm. yeah and so uh, and then it says 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that, uh, and you know, we, we then are introduced to, uh, we end the last scene of the, of the previous section that takes place like all the way across the world, uh, on a, like on the edge of a bridge with, uh, the dude that's sort of sees the Bazinski skeleton in a cave mm-hmm. and then just has a, a bad time of everything. <laughs> Or causes everyone else a yeah. bad time. I'm not sure. It's not his uh, fault. <laughs> you just shouldn't listen to skeletons in caves. That's you it's. Know. It's definitely more of a hijinks and Sue, you know, than yeah. a <laughs> deliberate screw up. Yeah, and I, uh, Carlo, do, like the thing I started talking to you before we all we all got started. Should we talk about that now or later? Because I feel like my reaction to this film was different enough from your guys is that I want to explore that and draw a box around no, it. Go, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. okay. So one of the really important things about this film is that one of the characters is a construct that was built through, uh, uh, well, let's, let me ultra simplify and we'll call it a Tibetan rit- ritual, but this person is a tulpa. A created, a, a created being, mm-hmm. and um, was set up to do a specific things. Did it and was basically had no more free will than a than a rock being dropped from a high place, mm-hmm. and that makes it a lot less scary to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like the, like every everything he like he was a bullet being fired from a gun. I spoiled who it was, whatever. But the the, the point is, like there there's a certain horror you feel when you see that people are trapped and these things are going through. Like I I I'm not a hundred percent that this is a person. Yeah, I I can see. I think there's a couple different ways of interpreting that. I mean, just because Amanda tells him that he's a tulpa, I don't know that it's necessarily true. Like, I think, I think it doesn't become true until he like accepts it. Um, Because, you know, when she's telling him like, you were born three days ago, you know, we created you and, you know, through our, you know, ritual and, and um, all of this, you know, she's saying like, isn't that a relief? Like, isn't that easier? Don't you just want to let go? Um, and it feels to me like he makes a deliberate choice to sort of fulfill that and to, to become that because, which I mean, like is understandable given sort of his, his tragic history, which again, may be invented. We don't really know, but it, I feel like he doesn't actually become the Tulpa until he decides that he wants someone else to be in charge, like of his life and he wants to let go. Hmm. I can see that too. I mean, uh, that, that is actually, um, I think that that actually, I hadn't really thought of it in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I was just viewing this from the lens of like just straight up existential horror, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is very sort of, uh, kind of a Lovecraftian, uh, type of, 
um, point of view, right? That yeah. somehow if you realize that there are strings attached to you and there is nothing that you can really do to escape your fate, then isn't that sort of horrific? Um, especially if you want to believe that you are in control of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's the, the main thing for me and that's how I approached it. But I do think that you're right. I mean, we do have that sequence where, uh, he's told the information it's revealed to him, uh, what his supposed nature is. Uh, I do think that the film does a lot of good work to sort of complicate that and make you think, well, maybe. Or, or maybe it's this other thing, you know, he's got like a specific prescription. He's got a tragic backstory. Um, he claims to have grown up in San Francisco and it's inferred that in some sort of weird cult ish or hippie dippy type of background, uh, and escaped that. Um, so, you know, uh, I think that there's a lot in the film that tries to, um, sort of show that, yeah, he is sort of making that, that run through the, uh, corridors of mm-hmm. the, the sub basement, uh, which looks sort of fake, but we're not sure. And then it all leads back to the, to the very hospital room that, uh, he started the scene in. And I think that you're right. I think that if there is a choice, it's the choice that he makes when he finally pulls the trigger. Yeah. I mean, like quite literally, there's such a repeated theme in this movie of like, you know, nothing is real. The only things that are real are real because we think them, you know, everything that is created is, is because that, you know, like your thoughts, your projections, the way you see the world are what makes it real. So in that sense, like he does not, his reality is what he makes it. And he, you know, sort of decides in that moment, like, Oh, okay. I'm going to believe what she's saying. But I think there's also, you know, uh, a path he could have taken where he decides to reject that. And then, you know, in doing so makes a different reality. Uh, why I've got strawberry fields forever in my head now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't helpful, but <laughs> it, it's, it's very, um, I mean, I think I like your interpretation of what's going on better than mine. You know, the idea that there's a choice because without a choice, what this mm-hmm. is, is it's like, it's like watching a, it's like watching 90 minutes of, of somebody having a football repeatedly throw it, thrown into their groin. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I sort of see why somebody would watch it, but it's just pointless cruelty. But if, if, if there was a moment of choice that makes it horror for me. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that was my interpretation. Um, and again, that might just be me sort of projecting my ideas onto it, but I do think you, there are moments in the movie that would back up that reading. One thing I definitely loved is when I was trying to confirm what movie it was, I was supposed to be watching today. Sorry. But (laughs) when I was, um, one thing I got online was about like, 400 screeching hey ending explain what the hell is going on (laughs) and like i don't i don't think that the ending was that off the rails i mean like given everything else you were handed it seemed pretty clear what happened yeah there were much more like confusing parts to me than than the ending um because and again i do think like there's there's different sections of this film like there's there's the, you know, sort of beginning, sort of small film, and then we have sort of a uh, 
mystery, I guess, where he's looking for her. And then we, and then we move into, I feel like there's like this turn when, when Steven Root shows up and it's like, what is happening now? Um, (laughs) He is so good in that too. Oh yeah. So good. And he just completely sells it to the point where I'm like, this is actually an interesting philosophy. I would absolutely go to this meeting and join this (laughs) cult, but I'm also very persuadable. Um, But, you know, and, and then you get into, um, you, you sort of move away from the mystery and then into this sort of, yeah, cosmic horror uh, and this cult and just like really, that's when the really weird things start happening. And like the stuff at the cabin to me was the most like, what the fuck is happening? Like I need an explanation of like what happened at the cabin, not the ending. And there was about a 10 minute segment where, where they were definitely shooting for sort of a final destination vibe too. Mm-hmm. Like the like the kids with the bottle and the the train tracks and all that. I'm just like, oh god, here it comes, and it didn't. Like, yeah, not it, in that way. One thing that I like about this movie is that um, I had absolutely no idea where it was going, you know. And it's just it's a very ambitious movie, and I'm always more interested in things that are like a little messy but very ambitious, as opposed to just things that are, um, you know, things you've seen before. Like, you know, as much as I love the Conjuring films, like. They're like very competently made, you know, they're very streamlined. Um, they're, they're not to me as interesting as this film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I can see that. Uh, go ahead, Pete. I'm sorry. I was, I was making mutters of agreement. <laughs> very harump, good. harump. Yes. Agreed. Harump. <laughs> here, 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 here. Yeah. <laughs> pound, I mean, the table. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to keep watching the conjuring movies. I, I just, I feel like this makes, this is the kind of movie that like kind of sticks with you and you have to, you have to think about it a lot. Cause it's, there's just, there's, it's very ambitious. There's a lot in there. Obviously the director just had like a ton of ideas and was like, let's just throw them all in. And some of them are going to land and some of them aren't. So, um, and I guess my other, the other strand that I noticed here, apart from like the Lovecraftian idea of like, you know, oh, revealing that uh, you are actually, you know, what your origins are are horrific. Um, I think that there's like a very strong sort of, uh, to, to your point, Pete, where there's, um, you know, the, the, the cruelty aspect, I think is what, um, I, I I understand where you're coming from and the idea that it's sort of pointless, uh, I think is because, I mean, I, I don't think it's because of that. It's simply that I think that you're reacting to like the, uh, this almost has like that Gnostic uh, idea behind it, right? That the, mm-hmm. that the universe, you know, the creator is, um, you know, is, is actually cruel and, or just not, caring at all about you um and i think that that uh also there's the 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 question of um how the i think that the the speech that steven root's character does at the at the pontifex institute which Mm -hmm. brief aside i would watch an entire anthology show of just weird fucking cases that involve cultish behavior being investigated at the Pontifex Institute. Oh, absolutely. Like this is like Scientology meets the veiled prophet. Uh, you know, thank you. No, <laughs> this, this is amazing. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I, what he says in, in the speech that he gives him is that the once you repeat something enough, it loses its meaning mm-hmm. and uh, you, you no longer reflect upon it. 
uh, you know, like to understand it. You just sort of accept it the way other people have given it to you uh, or the last time that you repeated it. And I feel like the film itself structurally has a lot of small moments where it repeats certain images mm-hmm. um, specifically with that intent. And I, I feel like that I, I, that is my, that is my th- jam, but I can also see how that would probably just fuck up someone else's sort of like understanding is like, why are they showing me this so many times? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does it mean? I was like, well, you're supposed to have like, like I, uh, going back to the, the, the statement I made about the, the fact that you start on a bridge in the second half, like when you're, you meeting James LaSombra as a, as a character and the, the first section ends with, uh, uh, Peter, is it Peter? Yeah. Uh, blowing on the bottle at the edge of a bridge, mm-hmm. you know, like on the far, far side of the bridge. Um, and Paul. you're supposed to make Paul. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was tulpaing Pete. Right <laughs> into like, into you, you were trying to kill me with your mind, buddy, and I don't appreciate it. Nice try. Yeah, well, you know that those are called, Pete. Mind blitz. <laughs> Indeed. Um, uh, so... Uh, you know, with that sort of, um, I think the 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 transposition of those two images back to back is supposed to create like this almost poetic logic, not mm-hmm. not a logic logic. Like this isn't like the finely tuned machinery of like an MCU movie where it it, it runs along so well that by the time the movie ends, you're like, wait, what? Why did they do these things? Uh, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really trying to to give you those images so that you can make that sort of almost magical thinking logic for this entire movie to work. And, and I think that that's one of the things that can be alienating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, it is a, a movie that is trying to attain a certain vibe a certain atmosphere as most real horror movies try. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think there, there's a lot about this movie that's off putting. Um, there's a lot of like repeated images, um, yeah, lots of like talk about bridges and, you know, the itch in the brain, a lot of repeated lines, just even saying like the empty man, the empty man, the empty man over and over. Um, and just like some of the shots, they just, they start without anyone in the frame and they like kind of go on a little too long. Like everything is just slightly off-putting and like, which I'm assuming is intentional. Um, and I just, I think that, uh, it yeah, it just adds like this certain sort of, a nerviness to it um and sort of like this dreamlike quality where like you really do question like what parts of this movie are real yeah 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 well and it's there are there are aspects of this that i do feel like i want to like pin down and unravel and look at extremely closely in a way that doesn't particularly benefit the film because like Mm -hmm. the overall flow of it and the atmosphere and that sort of thing is what really makes this film work. You know, where I'm sitting here going, okay, well, like if this empty man is an antenna and there's all this stuff, like why, why is he going and killing random people who happen to blow on bottles? That just seems like bullshit to me. Like, you know, there's some things like that Mm -hmm. where I want to spool it back, but that doesn't actually benefit what's going on here. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, uh, the way I saw that is simply that those are, you know, like the the entity that the empty man is sort of transmitting outward is constantly looking for somewhere else to go. And mm-hmm. sadly, not everyone, <laughs> I don't think anyone uh, that, that we saw in the movie, basically when it turns into a sort of slasher flick, um, because I, I think that that's the other thing, uh, if I can do a brief uh, clause inside my own statement, um, I think that that's also one of the things that's really interesting about this, because it sort of morphs into initially like a, almost a slasher, a supernatural slasher flick. Mm-hmm. And then that peters out. Um, and, and and going back to my initial thing is I think that the the empty man or the entity that they're calling the empty man um is is just simply reaching out to new hosts to see mm-hmm. if it can inhabit them yeah i think a lot of what um steven root says when when he's talking cuz i i do think this this movie is very much focused on like sort of this sort of nietzschean there's a lot of like you know philosophy in it um the you know you stare into the abyss the abyss stares back at you and he talks about how we you know we've repeated that phrase so much like but what does it really mean why are we staring into the abyss and when it stares back at us like what does it want and i think because there is so much talk of um sort of manifesting things with your thoughts that some of what is happening is that um when you project negative thoughts the empty man is going to project those back to you. So, you know, if these kids are depressed or whatever is going on with them and they are having these like negative thoughts, which obviously Amanda is having negative thoughts, when the empty man like comes for them, he is going to act on those thoughts. So it's like they sort of create their own demons in that way. We found it folks. This is uh, the horror movie based on the secret. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, but first. They do. It's like, you know, she talks about like the power of positive thinking and the power of negative thinking. Um, and like that, you know, those can be real things. And then like, but what if our thoughts don't belong to us? What if they come from somewhere else where they're just being channeled through us? So like if, if these negative thoughts are channeling through us, what, what are they coming from and where are they going? Right. Well, and, and honestly, that makes the cultists of this huge assholes because like <laughs> they they've figured out that they can they can generate their energy to like literally build people like they, mm-hmm. they can manifest their power on the earth. And what do they do? They phone a fucking demon. That's the decision. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's fully, it's honestly, it's really entrepreneurial, Pete. Uh, you <laughs> oh, don't, God. you don't immediately do the work yourself. If you're not an expert, you contract it out <laughs> and then you, you charge a profit, you know, come on. Oh, you know, if I were the one that made the connection to all this and figured out how to do it, it's like, son, my cult will be like sunshine, lollipops <laughs> and rainbows. Like, why, why wouldn't you, why not make something cool? But no, because- let's murder kids because it's the the noosphere is made up of all of our thoughts and everyone is sad and angry all of the time yes that's yes, not a one... bad argument actually <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh pete come on now we had a whole episode about like uh the those who walk away from omelas yeah. where you yeah. have that line <laughs> you know who i would have as our antenna bernie <laughs> fucking sanders yeah there you go <laughs> hell yeah 
<laughs> like we're gonna turn this car around. <laughs> just to have a grumpy demon in charge. <laughs> yeah, no, just like, does not take any shit, you know. It's like yeah. how much do those shoes cost? Oh my god, we're we're not talking about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, I, mean, I do think there is a lot. There is a lot of like nihilism in this film that um kind of eats at you, you know. It's like it's not it it. It gets under your skin. It's like a, there's a lot of negativity. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say this. Um, and, and this is where I, I agree with you and, uh, and, and see exactly because I felt more or less that same feeling mm-hmm. when Steven Root says that, you know, consume, you know, how much, because we're too, uh, what is it? He says we're too focused on what we can uh, acquire yeah, instead getting, of getting asking, more and taking up more space instead of like less exactly and instead of taking up less space and honestly this is you know like if you've ever been on r slash child free <laughs> <laughs> you 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 know people like this uh yeah. who uh, granted don't have like a a, a sort of a, a faith-based type of uh reason behind it but uh, they they definitely uh, think that everyone else should also take up less space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is I think the main thing here. Here at least you you're you're <laughs> you're sort of conned into coming into uh, the the shitty uh, anti you know, like the 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 atrium or waiting room of the of the Pontifex Institute to answer a series of super op questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Oh yeah, that is some grim shit. Like we really should have written down those questions. You think we can find them online real quick? Uh, I know for a fact that one is: uh, Does the brain itch? Uh, yes, that was a great one. Um, empty yeah. man. Let me see. Hold on, I, I actually bought the movie, so let me see if I can just go to the. If I can find it. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot in here that's like almost like you, you talked about the secret. Like there's a lot of like sort of weird self help stuff. You know, we we the the Marie Kondo stuff that was so popular. Like you know, we should have less. You don't need all these things. It's clutter and and the idea of like giving things up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's it's a very it, it's alluring in a very sort of anthropocene arrow type of way right mm-hmm. where we've been taught that yeah we're kind of the problem we can't really do anything about it because uh basically we we can't do anything about capitalism mm-hmm. so you know uh, and I, I think that that's the that is honestly the the problem whenever you talk about sort of uh uh, any type of ecological sort of, um, you know, recycling or what have you, uh, the the very uh, sympathetic but chud-like response is always about like, oh, they're going to come take some shit back again because it, it requires a sacrifice. Uh, it does yeah. require a sacrifice uh, okay. to live correctly. But go All ahead. Right. I've got some of the questions now. Um, it is only a small step from chaos to freedom. There is nothing larger than myself. To give myself to something larger would be completely fulfilling. Until a civilization has fallen, it has not yet served its purpose. Mm. Social norms That's should be destroyed simply because they are norms. There can be no change without violence. <laughs> and so, like, that's just, yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, guess you you answer, you know, like, how true uh, or untrue are those statements? 
I uh, honestly, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I'm in trouble, folks. <laughs> oh, I, I told you like this. I'd be I'd be on board right away. I'd be like, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense. You're right. We should have less stuff. I mean, like by the end of that questionnaire, I would either be totally on board and signing up or setting fire to the walls. And I don't know which one. <laughs> Well, I, I just love that the when he flips through those because he's just sort of doing a cursory thing to try to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, because the 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 breadcrumbs have led him to find that Amanda's been to the Pontificate Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, all of the kids that uh, were her friends and who have since perished um, also have like a Pontifex Institute poster or some sort of leaflet or something. And uh, so I, I just love when he flips through it like this, th- like the third time, and uh, just gets up and like points at it to that weird uh, grayscale uh, <laughs> uh, woman who's like at the at the uh, reception area, and he's like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, those are the questions that will help you attain attain enlightenment or whatever, right? And she's like, no, no, right. But what does this mean? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> so good. It's such a it's it's such a weird um and funny little like sort of intermission there with with that entire kind of uh, sequence, um, mm-hmm. because it is very obviously mocking you know scientology and things like that um but it's but it's not like a funny movie so it's a little like again it's like a little out of place well i i think our sponsors would say that this would be like what scientology was if scientology was bad yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know just i certainly Mm -hmm. certainly wouldn't want to have any discussions in court about scientology i mean (laughs) Great. We're going to have this transcript read back to us. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, stay, away from, stay away from volcanoes, folks. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is, uh, there are some moments where um, we do get like some, just like f- the frustration and uh, the, the lack of understanding that James LaSombra has about what the fuck exactly mm-hmm. is going on. Yeah. Um, it is honestly, it's, it is graveyard humor. You know, it's very nihilistic, mm-hmm. uh, like very dark chuckle to yourself, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. uh, but then you have like these moments where the, the film actually goes out of its way to really, really nail home. Like the, the nihilism where he's talking to the, like after he comes back from the cabin and mm-hmm. uh, talks to the, the detective and the detectives like, yeah, like this morning, some, some woman fed her toddler to a pack of stray dogs because it kept on whispering the empty man to her. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the spiel about like, yeah, you know, and we, we get, we're getting more of these types of things. And sure, we could take her to court. We could even put her in prison on death row. But that doesn't solve the the, the case. Mm-hmm. It just simply punishes the person. I mean, he doesn't say that, but it's obvious mm-hmm. that he, that's the implication. That's not really. He's not really understanding. He's just sort of running a system. Yeah. Well, I I think it makes it very clear that this this cop is a tulpa too. Because when the hell is a cop ever worried about that? <laughs> This that's the fantasy element. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And again, it's like, again, we don't know what's real and not. So, you know, you don't know. It's like, I mean, all the kids have been to the Pontifex Center. So like, how involved were they with the cult? Did they know they were going to die? Like we, we see, you know, the one friend being scared of, you know, what's going to happen, but we don't see the deaths of the others. We just find their bodies after the fact. Like we don't know Mm -hmm. how much of it was planned. We don't know how deeply involved they were. I think that the deaths, because they are sort of, they have to have happened like not, if not simultaneously, at least mm-hmm. within the same, you know, the same five to 10 minutes or whatever. Right. They, they kill themselves. Five kids kill themselves en masse. And, mm-hmm. uh, the, the outlier who is the, you know, dies a different way. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is this idea of sort of people, sort of a madness of crowds type of thing that is lethal. Right. Mm-hmm. And which is then paid off. Like it, you get that repetition, but in a far creepier way, when he goes out to the cabin and he just finds like Alf in the distance, those people circ- circumambulating the, mm-hmm. the fire. Yeah. That honestly, like the first time I saw that scene, like my hairs stood up because it's just like, it's really uncomfortable. It's really freaky. And when they're like, when they're following him in the dark and the stepping thing where like he steps mm. back and they step mm. forward and then he's like, Oh man, it's, it, it's just like mirroring his movements. It's so freaky. It is honestly really, it is really unsettling. Yeah. Like I am not easily scared or, or, or you know, like stuff like this doesn't really get under my skin, but those mm-hmm. are the, the scenes that stayed with me. Cause yeah. that's like really like, it's not even supernatural in nature. It's just simply like, Oh, I'm going to be torn to pieces. Aren't I mm-hmm. <laughs> by some crazy cultists? Mm-hmm. And yeah, just like we don't understand what's going on. It's like, and we're watching weird videos in a cabin and things are moving and there's, yeah, a bunch of people in the dark and like just the noises too. There's a lot of really creepy mm-hmm. noises in this movie that are just so unsettling. One of the things that I I think about when I saw this, saw this movie is that the director very smartly wanted to drop aspects of other types of horror films in there mm-hmm. and then have them go nowhere. Yeah, mm. and okay. I th- yeah. I think that's a neat decision. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a lot of there's a lot of sort of classic elements, but they're not. I mean, like going out to like a creepy cabin you know, very <laughs> classic horror element. It doesn't play out the way that it, you know, normally would. And Or the or the videotape. Like yeah. he's watching the yeah. videotape and it's like, oh Christ, that dude is like gonna walk out of this TV like right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we've all seen Ringu. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, also stuff that moves around or disappears in the background, mm-hmm. uh, just really off-putting. You're like, ah, I knew that was going to happen. What's going to happen now? And then just sort of doesn't really manifest in the way you expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, it really does a good job, I feel, of ramping up tension and then sort of letting it peter out and then mm-hmm coming back to a certain thing but just in a way that you didn't expect with which then really sort of puts you on edge i feel Mm -hmm. well it's a really long movie too but it it, like i I didn't really realize that it was that long um just because again it's like so much of it is so tense and then it kind of gives you these moments of relief and then it ramps up the tension again that it it felt quicker and maybe because it had sort of like the different parts to it 
Yeah. I mean, I, I do want to point out that this is what, uh, two hours and maybe five minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it did not. No, what? this was two hours and 20 minutes, dude. This oh, thing oh, weighed shit. in it forever. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, <laughs> when, when things repeat, Pete, uh, <laughs> well, they use uh, the time. I'm not angry about yeah. it, but it, it was yeah, long. I think, yeah. It's, it's a long yeah. movie, but I, I have to admit that even on the rewatch, when I know, you know, what plots points are going to happen and yeah, you know, it's not that much surprising. It didn't feel its length, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, which, you know, the, the, we, we have had so many movies uh, within the last 10 or more years that, you know, it's like, you know, it's basically a, a five pounds of shit in a 10 pound bag, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this just feels like it had even more in it, and they they wisely did not try to stretch the the runtime any further. Yeah, I I mean I sort of feel like um, if if you put out a bunch of films like this one, you you you'd quickly find that they wouldn't be as good as one off by itself like this. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of interesting experimenting. Like there is, it is, it is full of ideas, and some of them strike hard, and some of them don't. And like it's very cool as a result. But like if this ter- director puts out one of these a year for the next three years, I'm I'm not watching the third. <laughs> I feel like this is a movie that would take you a while to write, or I I mean I I, don't, I mean maybe not maybe. Maybe he did it quickly, but I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of ideas in here. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I- he there was definitely a lot of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like on whatever time frame before this happened, did it happen years before the film was made? Quickly, maybe I don't know, but like uh, there be thinking here. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, and thankfully no uh, thirty minute laser fights at the end to really sort of uh, you know bring things together. Indeed. Uh, Oh God! Could you imagine if there were, though? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Let's try. I'm, I'm gonna look and see. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm liking the sort of trend of like slightly longer horror movies. So I was looking up like like Midsummer is about the same. It's like two hours and eighteen minutes, and mm-hmm. that's another movie that like you need that time because there's just a lot going on. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, I mean, I would argue that Midsummer is uh, it's going for that really the same feeling that they have where they're like at the top of the world, you know, mm-hmm. in, the sun hasn't gone down in 36 hours or whatever. Yeah. And you, you just, it just starts to really weigh on you and you're just like a little too hyper stimulated. Yeah. Yeah. It, I just think it's, it's an interesting because they're both films that are like sort of about cults. Um, but so much of Midsummer is like just really right like you don't usually see horror movies that have that much like daytime and color in them and empty man is so dark like i don't like most of it takes place you know at night in these like creepy hallways in the dark yeah 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 with 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 like yellowish uh like almost burnt out uh fluorescent lights yeah 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 um uh, yeah, the color palette here is very grayscale, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with with some some uh, yellows and browns. Um, Every everything is worn out. The world is poisoned. Everybody's smoking. <laughs> Everybody is smoking. 
Well, I, oh, that was another one that's funny, right? The when when he's like uh, he approaches uh, Devana Walsh, the the remaining friend who is mm-hmm. still around at school, and uh, she's like, uh, "Can I have one of those?" And you know, points to the cigarettes, and he's like, "You know, these are bad." And she just like rolls <laughs> her eyes at him. It's like, come on, <laughs> come like, on, buddy. Man. I'm gonna die, man. Just give me a cigarette. Yeah, which is an excellent point. Every nobody in this film needs to worry about the consequences of cigarette smoking because they are absolutely dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like she literally sees the empty man like right before then, so it's like, oh, well, he's coming. Yeah, you know what? I I think I may I may forego the cigarettes for heroin. <laughs> oh, doing Little Miss Sunshine, I see. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, has anyone, um, I I have not, uh, I think um, I was trying to see if I could find the graphic novel that this is uh, somewhat adapted from. Uh, Have you seen it at all, Emma? No, I haven't. I think it's, um, I mean, it's, it's, let's see, it was from, well, like 2014 or something. I I mean, I haven't seen it around or I hadn't heard of it before, before the movie. Um, But I, I do think it's like a really, really loose adaptation. Yeah, same um, here. You know, yeah, just, uh, if I remember correctly, in the in the graphic novel, it's more of a pandemic, which mm. you know, I get, <laughs> I get why in twenty twenty, maybe you don't want to <laughs> yeah. go that route with the adaptation, you know. Well, and there's a lot of like uh, government controlling things, and quarantines are mandatory. Like, I mm. I wouldn't put that on TV. Yeah. <laughs> We all we all need a break from that. We're good. Yeah. Well, it's like what was that that Utopia with the comic in it? Did did you guys watch that series on HBO? Oh no, I have not seen that. Oh uh, well, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing about a secret disease being released by a Silicon Valley nut job, and I have no idea why they release it in the middle of the pandemic. Ah. It's like guys, guys, <laughs> you playing with fire i mean i i mean if everybody chased down and killed bezos i mean i'm fine with that but it <laughs> needs to be intentional uh man i'm just like i know we're gonna get like a big rush of like pandemic books in the next two years i'm not looking forward to that it's oh it's gonna be awful well i mean i think that the issue is that in general we're gonna get pandemic books that are the mirrors to the pandemic articles which were all written by wealthy shitheads who thought yeah. that because they couldn't get off long island uh for for yeah. a week that is actually you know that's how communism happened to them <laughs> personally i i'm not touching any of these novels until franzen's comes out i mean that's <laughs> that's where i'm putting my stakes down a, a million sick. little sneezes <laughs> Uh, truly, truly the voice of our generation. Indeed. Um, and honestly, I think one of what might be the best tweet of all time was done about him. The, the one where he puts the shiitake mushroom on the grill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so it, do, is there anything more we want to say about this film? I have a question. Did you guys like it? I don't think we ever mentioned that. Yes, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I really, uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think it's a 
movie that also benefits from like a rewatch. I also think you have to be sort of in the right mood for it. Um, but I, I don't know. I just find it interesting. I think it has a lot of ideas. Um, there's little things that you miss. Like I even sort of reading up on it in preparation, I had, I didn't notice, but the, the kids high school is called like the, the Derrida oh, yeah, yeah, high yeah. school or something. I was like, I, you know, like, you know, just, you, so, you know, there's, you bring in the ideas of like deconstruction and, and language and that, you know, ties in with the, like, you know, the repetition of the words and words losing their meaning. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of cool stuff, um, in the movie and and yeah some of it works and some of it doesn't but i think there's enough there for it to be enjoyable yeah yeah i i mean uh, on the one hand i'd like to see it again so i could try and see if i could parse it down farther and have better Mm -hmm. opinions but at the same time it the fact that it was a big maze and I figured part of it out and part of it I probably didn't even see. I mean, that that makes for a good horror movie for me. Mm-hmm. I, I was I really um, I wish I'd have seen this before today mm-hmm. so I could have like given it more like like maybe seen it a second time and been less useless on this episode, frankly. No, it's you it, You kind of need to think about it sometimes, you know, it. it there's a lot going on and. Um, I also think there's a lot of different ways to interpret it. Yeah. 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 I think that's true. I mean, like, even if we did, uh, get the time to get through it, what well, probably what it would mean is an argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, the one thing that I like, you know, I want a horror movie to, um, creep me out. And there are parts of this that are very creepy. There are just some, some, images and the noises and like the whispering and the teeth tapping like there's just really creepy stuff in this film and i'm 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 not always easy to creep out so i always appreciate that yeah yeah i i agree with that that that, that's pretty cool i mean i I would just encourage people that you know this is a sort of a uh I, I think you're you're right, Emma, in saying that you know you have to sort of be in the mood for it. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like you know, uh, hey, uh, family came over just for like a little get together. Uh, let, let me go ahead and put on Hereditary. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm not trying to burn you, uh, Emma. <laughs> that, that. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> but but honestly, it, it, I feel like Hereditary is like one of those movies that. I could. I'm good on that one for about five years now. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe I'll. Maybe I'll go great, see it again sometime. And I really liked it, but yeah, it's like I'm. It's not a fun Friday night movie to put on. It's like, yay! Do you have like two and a half hours to like get wrecked emotionally? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I saw Hereditary, and then people were like, "Hey, same people did Midsummer," and I'm like, you know, I'm <laughs> definitely giving that a rest for a couple of years. I, I I'll hit it, just not not right now. I found Midsummer to be much easier to watch. Yeah, yeah, that's, I can see that. That's reassuring. It, it makes yeah. it a lot more likely to watch it. Yeah, it's it's the the hereditary is just I don't know emotionally brutal. Midsummer, like I think everyone's kind of shitty in it, so it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't care what happens to these people. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, okay. Come on. My dog is um, deciding yeah, I hear. <laughs> to make her opinion known as well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. To, well, I guess Chewie is shut like out of the room, or else he'd be uh-huh. crawling all over me, you know, trying yeah. to get at the mic. I'm 
very, I'm very sorry for this disturbance. Yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, she's um, being very tough right now. Yeah. Any any final thoughts, <laughs> including those by the 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 monster in Texas? <laughs> um, I don't know. I like that skeleton dude. I think he's really cool. I want like a statue of that. Just just use him as like a, a coat hanger. I, I just want like a little figurine of him with his weird little hands. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, together. yeah, it it, it kind of looks cooler than uh, slightly cooler, or at least more realistic than the Bazinski painting that mm-hmm. obviously is a, an influence. But yeah, uh, uh, I think he's cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, y- your dog is so cute. Yeah, I know. It's, it's she's an idiot. Okay, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's, she's, she's attacking my hand. She's she's very ineffective. Well, I, I mean, it's <laughs> it's so nice to have a dog on the show that isn't mine. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Pete, you you own Clifford. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true, <laughs> man. I am not equipped to deal with a dog of this size. It's just. <laughs> Oof. Okay. I mean, it makes me feel better. I can't manage my dog either, and she's like seventeen pounds. The, fair. <laughs> hey, um, projects. Oh yeah, I've got um, I've got two that are kind of in the works right now. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll have movement on those pretty soon and then um starting some new stuff so yeah just a lot of sort of irons in the fire as they say fair enough fair enough well yeah. right. you, you know how it is uh uh may re- reach out to us when you're at a point where you do want to talk about those or you could just keep it in your back pocket till the next time we drag you on the show randomly absolutely <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> awesome Hell yeah all right uh i don't have anything else pete uh so i guess um we let's, probably let's, let's wrap do it, it. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Well, you, you want to go ahead and okay. lead us out? Sure. Um, <laughs> everybody needs to see the movie. Um, Emma Burquist is a young adult author, and I don't think we've used that phrase. That's right. She <laughs> writes young people. Um, and, um, like, you should read her stuff, and you should watch The Empty Man, and uh, mm-hmm. you should become a patron of our show. And, I mean,. You, you probably shouldn't create a tulpa to act as an antenna for an, an ageless alien being that likes to murder people. But, I mean, beyond that, I think you should live your truth. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's not, let's not tell people what not to do. Right, right. Like, I don't want to be too restrictive. Like, who am I truly to say what is the right thing? But I'm... <laughs> I, I I do I do think there's there's artful behavior and inartful behavior and um, spiritual uh, mass murder is it might be on the inartful side and and on that happy note uh, <laughs> thanks for listening folks. <laughs> <laughs>